Hello, this is Will Hardy with Man Talk Radio. We are all about breaking down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few minutes. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Network podcast. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours, and we are talking about miracles today. That's pretty cool. So we are discussing miracles uh, some scripturally and some personally in our life. And so we're going to continue talking about those uh, in this show. And so we're going to share more of our personal stories. And so if you didn't listen to the first show, it's definitely worth a listen. Go back and uh, you can get it on Spotify, any of the podcast outlets. You know, they, they have it. Uh, Masculine Journey Radio. That's all you got to put in and, and you'll find us. So I guess if you're listening to the after hours, you've already found us. <laughs> so never mind. You've found us. So go back and listen to the show. But uh, we are going to pick up where we left. Off. And so, Kenny, you actually have the uh, first clip this time, if you want to tell us a little bit about it, and then we can play it. Okay, this song here was one of my uh, brother-in-law's <clears throat> favorites, you know, growing up and all. But he, uh, he, he developed cancer, you know, in his early 60s. And uh, he was like five years older than me, so he's like a big brother. He didn't have a brother, I didn't have a brother, but we came like brothers. Yeah, we had our moments. Good. It's a struggles, but that's life. And it's brotherhood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's part of it. You work through these things. But uh, when he got the terminal thing, you know, I went and talked to him. And he's he was down, of course. But he told me, he said, you know, bro, I don't deserve to go to heaven. Because he knew he had the terminal thing. And I said, I know it. I said, none of us do. I said, right now, Satan's going to come after you. Because mm-hmm. he wants to steal your testimony here at the end. I said, I had him memorize Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. We're saved by grace through faith. This does not come from us. It's a gift from God. And no man can boast. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I said, remember, it's a gift. All mm-hmm. he wants us to do is be thankful and say, Lord, you give us what we need. Because we can't earn it, we can't deserve it. But it, that comes from that love. But this song was, when he was going through his treatment, he got very sick. And uh, he went into a coma really quick. And my sister was crying out. And uh, they actually called us in, the doctors called us in. And uh, we actually called the pastor. And then one of the elders came with him and prayed over us and him and encouraged us in this, this moment. And by God's grace, the next morning he came out of it. I mean, he was tubed up, if you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. The breathing tubes, the whole nine yards. And he was starting to blue a little bit. So it was one of them times where you know God stepped in. And I told my sister, never forget this. Never forget that we're, we're the clay. And he's working on us. But... That broken and contrite spirit 
And uh, I looked to contrite up. I want to make sure I had the right word. It's kind of like a repentant spirit, Father. I, I, I've been trying to do it on my own. We did all these doctors. We did all this. There's nothing's working. And that surrender point. But I'll let you play the clip, then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tie it, tie it up some okay. more. Sweet days of summer, the jasmine's in bloom. July is dressed up and playing her tune. And I come home from a hard day's work. song if you listen to it it was about that relationship that my brother-in-law and sister had you know they, they they held on to each other through all this and god held on to them and even brought us all closer because of that mm-hmm. and that miracle you know of, of him coming into our life like that it's you got to hold on to them things and you got to realize us being alive each day is actually a miracle it's just because of his grace, you know, that he came in to, to redeem us. Because while mm-hmm. we were dead in our trespasses, you know, he died for us. But to, to have that two months where she could say goodbye and they could make their final plans on things. But for us, as faith, we know it's temporal. Mm-hmm. There is a reunion, you know, they call it the love feast of the Lord. And that's when we get together with our forever family and the relationships won't be broken. And this is one thing that, you know, thank God he sent Christ to destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is thrown into the lake of fire is death. So this, our death here is just laying down this flesh to get that eternal gift that God's brought to us through Christ. Thank but, you, Kenny. Yes. And that, uh, that was Seals and Crofts. Okay. <laughs> sang that song in case you guys didn't know, but it is. We we debated that. We thought it might have been um, a couple different people. England yeah. Dan and John Ford Coley is one I threw out there. You threw out uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash, yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was they all sounded kind of similar yeah. back then. But yeah, but that was a great song. Thank you. And, and, a great and story. I don't know that you mentioned it. Did you mention that that was his favorite song? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am not picking that up. Yeah. Tonight. I, I'm sure the listeners, if you guys understood that, please email me. But Andy at masculinejourney.org. Andy needs to listen better. At <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. Uh, David, do you have something you'd like to share on this topic of miracle? Well, so with miracles, I, I think you know it's not always necessarily about. I mean, as we were talking earlier in the other show, yeah, the miracles in the Bible were extraordinary, but. Um, you know, looking back, um, at my last month, um, just in general, you know, a lot of times when you, not the first time outside of asking for like the wind lottery and those those kind of things, you know, I legitimately got down, what was it like three weeks ago, maybe Mm -hmm. three weeks ago and asked God, I mean, personally in prayer and as well as publicly on Facebook, just for a miracle and the miracle in my head I had would turn my daughter around, um, where we're at full, full circle and just get out of there fast. 
But ultimately, the miracle he gave me, and it took some time of looking back and realizing it was the doctor that he gave me that night. We were in the hospital that actually listened to me and and listened to the concerns and talked to my daughter during that to see and believed everything that was going on and actually gave her the the help that she needed. So um, I I personally believe that, you know, miracles <clears throat> happen every day. And, you know, a lot of times God uses, touches our heart or other people's hearts to be able to get a hold of them and work them through things. And those is my definition of the miracle on that. So well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So, Rodney, now we come to your clip. <laughs> we, we strategically waited. I know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, because I figured this would give us lots of things to talk about through the rest of the show. Yeah, and at least I'm. I feel pretty good because this time my clip didn't get changed behind my back. So, <laughs> yeah. without me knowing it, so I was like, "Have I good. changed your clip?" No. Okay, I didn't think I had. You hadn't. Okay. No. <laughs> Must have been another host that was here. No. Oh, I got nothing. No. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But so this is a clip from one of the R.C. Sproul's teachings, and the actual name of the clip, if you want to go get more detail from him specifically, is Are There Still Miracles Today? And what he was doing was trying to do, you know, in his series of teachings, just, he's like, I got to cover this topic called a miracle. And so he tried to, you know, come at it from a very biblical sense of, well, what is a miracle and why are miracles there? And there's a lot more to really kind of talk about that I'd rather just kind of listen to this first and then talk on the back. Okay, here we go. We begin, first of all, with the first difficulty, and that is with the definition of a miracle. I find that people who talk about miracles don't always mean the same thing, and that particularly when a theologian is discussing miracles with a lay person, quite often they're two completely different things that are in view. And so the first thing we ask is, what is a miracle? Now, some people say, that any answer to prayer, any divine operation that continues in this world today is a miracle. Uh, others argue that any supernatural work, such as the regeneration of a human soul, is a miracle. And some people even go so far as to say that anything amazing or fascinating, such as the birth of a baby, is a miracle. But in strict technical terms of definition, Babies are born every day. There's nothing extraordinary. There may be something wonderful and beauteous about the birth of a child, but it is quite ordinary. It happens all the time. I don't know how many pastor's offices I've walked in and I've seen the sign on the wall. Expect a miracle. As if miracles are something that we should expect as a commonplace, everyday occurrence in our life. And if that's the case, then miracles could be called ordinary rather than extraordinary. And yet the significance uh, of miracles in the Scripture is found in their extraordinary character, not in their ordinary character. Now, at the same time, there are periods in biblical history where there is a blaze of miracles, a huge flurry of miracles, concentrated in a short period of time. So one of the things when you're getting into this and R.C. Sproul goes through, you know, a lot of other explanations, I, again, it's helpful to have the whole context, but just for that reason, because you could call, do you go to calling everything a miracle or do you want to be very narrow? And that's one of the things that, you know, he's, he argues in there that theologians have done a really, you know, specific job of trying to narrow down what the definition is of a miracle 
And they, he came up with like there's the, the broad sense and the narrow sense of what it is to have a uh, miracle. And in the broad sense, it's basically an ongoing supernatural activity in the life of the believer, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> such as prayers. <clears throat> we'll take a break while he clears his throat. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd love to have water in the studio, but we're we not can't. allowed. Yeah. But so such as answering our prayers, pouring out of his spirit, the changing of souls, you know, which, you know, that always is ongoing and continues today. But then the narrow sense is more of a extraordinary work performed by the immediate power of God in the external perceivable world, which is an act against nature that only God can do, such as bringing life out of death or something out of nothing. So which is, you know, some of the things that we see and we look through the Bible, there's many different things. One of the examples that I like is Elijah, because he was not Jesus, which we know, which was the pinnacle of miracles. But you have Elijah, which he's out there and he's goes to the Gentile woman when he could have went anywhere at this time of famine, and he ends up with her, and she's a Gentile. She doesn't really believe and trust in him. She's down to her last bit of food, and her son actually passes away, and then Elijah brings him back to life, which actually is used, the miracle is used to basically confirm that he is one of God's representatives. He is a man of God, and that's what she responds with there. You have, you know, the Egyptians being able to do some parlor tricks and things of that nature, but not really miracles in the sense of that intervening work of God. They they can trick things and make it look good. And the, one of the more interesting things that I loved about where he was going through was in the New Testament Greek, there is not a word for miracle. I was like, it kind of perked me up. I was like, miracle is not actually in the Bible because it wasn't written that way. It's just translated sometimes as miracle, but they use signs, powers, and wonders are the words that they use. You know, there's awe, astonishing things. And really the, the whole point that he's making is that the signs are there to point to something beyond themselves, not just the miracle in of itself. It's to point to something else, which makes to signify or make significant the one who's bringing them like, like Elijah earlier. And I just, you know, made me really think, well, what do I call a miracle? Because one of the hardest things I've had to do is really try to not bring my own previous perception of things into like the Bible. I come with my own definition and that's where this was challenging to me because it was like, well, what is the definition? Well, what does a Bible say? And it's like, well, in the New Testament, the word's not even there. And I'm like, okay, so how do you infer? And that's where his line of argumentation goes through and say, in a broad sense, you can say a lot of things are miracles, like we've been talking about. And that's generally where we are societally. But if you, he's like, if you just look biblically, it's a much more narrow act of God. And it was, it was just interesting for me to be able to go through that because one of the things he really gets into is even – where he starts some of his premise of his whole teaching is, well, what, a, you know, Satan, because Satan's a very powerful being. Well, does Satan then do miracles? Because if they're ordinary and somebody other than God can do them, it's like, well, he goes down the path of, would you even go as far as in and saying, well, then couldn't Satan bring somebody into the world 
kill them and raise them from the dead, which would be a big joke. He's like, here's, you know, I don't believe that. This is what I do believe about the Bible. And there's some of that, but it's, it's just one of those things that I love about RC is he'll really challenge your thinking on these things. And I just really enjoyed kind of having the chance to go through a lot of this as to, well, what do you believe and where does that come from? There's just a lot of really good examples biblically. And he, I just loved his line of argumentation through that to really challenge me to say, hmm, where would it have to go? How far does it have to be to actually be a miracle to me? So I haven't heard the whole thing. Sure. Right? And so just going off of what we've heard, it seems like there's, even in his argumentation, where he, or when, he, when he's laying it out and he's talking about you know, the, the narrow, right? So when, when Chuck talks about his example in the first show of, of Paul on the road to Damascus, right? Uh, Saul on the way to road to Damascus, is that a miracle, right? It only affects one person initially, you know, two, if you count the guy that has to come, Anias that has to come talk to him, right? But it really just affects one person, but it eventually affects the whole world, right? And so, yeah, it was one person intervention from God, but it impacted the world, right? And so I think of, when I think about things like that, I think of a guy I, w- I worked with at my uh, company in Indiana. I won't mention his name because I, I don't want to do that. But in my mind, I thought, there is no way this guy's ever coming to, to Jesus. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd spend a lot of time with him, and I'm like, oh, there's just no way. And I, yeah. and I, know, me, I know me, so yeah, I know him. Yeah, I'd kind of <laughs> written him off you know, to some degree because we tried to talk to him and tried to witness to him. I'm like, yeah. Well, next thing I know, he's calling me saying, hey, can you come to my baptism? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so he started dating a girl, and she invited him to church, and the pastor's sermon that week just floored him. You know, and it, he became a totally different person and, and, and impacted his whole family and impacted other things. And, and for me, you know, I look at that and I say, okay, God's hands in that. And it may not impact the whole world, but it impacted the world of some people. Right. And, and, and based on that definition, it still kind of fits to some degree, you know, from uh, separate of R.C. Sproul, what he was saying. And, and, and I know I didn't listen to the whole thing, but. It's hard because I think I find myself in the layperson secular side to some degree on the miracles, you know, because I look at it and say, well, there's definitely things in my life that I know if it was not God intervening, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and God intervening, God intervenes, I mean, he's all powerful, he's all knowing, and he's 100% completely sovereign. Mm-hmm. So everything he knows what happens, he either allows it, allows Satan to do what he does, and or he actually is the one creating the thing to happen. So obviously his hand is in everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think that's where at some point that's where this challenged me enough to say, okay, at what point then does it become a miracle? It all depends on definition. Right. And that's where if we don't define what a miracle is, I, we're all going to be on different sides of the story, which yeah. is why I enjoy going down it. Cause I've heard so many discussions about people talking about whether it's a miracle or not. Mm-hmm. And defining one and all that. So I was like, well, I was like, well, I'm going to take some time since that's our topic to go see if I can figure anything out. Well, the way I look at it is, is did God, was there some event in your life that was supernatural enough to where you took note to where it drew you closer to God or it impacted your life mm-hmm. in a way? And to me, again, you know, most of that stuff, most of the miracles, there was a lot of book, a lot of stuff happened in Acts. And of course, in De- during Jesus' ministry, but there's a lot in the Old Testament and stuff. 
But these are, we talk about the Bible's a book of ex, uh, examples, not exceptions. It's the micro level of those macro type of, you know, larger type of miracles. It's us receiving those individually. And those are the things, whether it's my baby got healed, we had a baby that we weren't supposed to, or God kept me from in that major wreck. I, I just I, ha, I, I look at them all in the same playing field because they impact my life in such a way. And to me, they're miraculous. God did it. You know, that's that's just a simple way I look at it. But do we believe in luck or do we believe in God's sovereignty? Yeah. Do we believe He's really our Lord and yeah. Savior? Because as Lordship, that means He's watching over us. Yeah. You know, as a heavenly Father, yeah. we're not orphan spirits. Yeah, no. You know, we got to realize we we got a heavenly Father that's there. That's right. And yeah. uh, th- that's Satan's biggest tool is wanting yeah. us to get out of focus. Yep. Because I, I was talking to one of the brothers. I won't call his name, but about <laughs> luck. Is that mm-hmm. is that really a, a word we should use? Yeah. To me, that's what atheists use. They they say, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, chance, blah blah blah." Yep. Do we really believe in that, or we really believe God created like He created things? Because I do, and I know. I know, because I like the way Harold was talking earlier about we see it with our heart. Yeah. We don't look into our human eyes. We're seeing it through our lean not on their own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. Andy, do you want to try to paraphrase it, or do you want Harold to just say it? <laughs> well, I love the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Yes. Great and I used to listen to it a, a lot. And one day I thought of it that the difference, if you're looking out through the eyes of your heart, you see God in everything. If you only look through your human eyes, you don't see God in anything. Yeah, and I'll agree with that, Harold. I mean, it really is about your heart, but it's also about who your heart belongs to. Yes. Because if my heart belongs to this world, I'm not going to see those miracles. I'm not even going to call them a miracle. I'm not going to say they came from God. You know, but uh, you know, when Sam was talking a minute ago, I, I think the picture that comes to my mind is like a ripple effect. You know, that ripple effect doesn't begin with me it might start in me but it begins with god and then it ripples and ripples and ripples and whoever it touches along the way that's from god but then it ends with god it's all about god it's who gets that glory and that miracle you know and i I know in my own life when we're talking about miracles and my wife may not call this a miracle because she may be like i should have run long ago but uh you know when when she came into my life i was at my lowest point I was not myself, but I know without any doubt, God placed her in my life. I mean, any woman that can go from a single woman to a family of five and do it wholeheartedly and not only accept me and where I was at that time and help lead me back, because, you know, I I walked with Christ all my life, but when I went through my divorce, I, I struggled mightily. I struggled, you know, but she came alongside me and you know, whether she knows it or not, you know, it, it was from God, you know, and talking about that ripple effect, you know, her, her family was raised Catholic, grew up Catholic, you know, and now her, her mom, my mother-in-law, she goes to church with us, you know, and it just, it, it's amazing. If you just sit back and look, God has his hand in everything, you know, whether we want to admit it or not or, or accept it or not. I mean, his hand is there. We just have to look for it. Yeah. I, I, when we get back to miracles, you know, for me, it's, um, I guess looking back and thinking about this topic is, God, where do I really feel like you, like I said before, intervened? 
You know, one of the stories that I shared when I was asked this question at church, uh, the, the memory he reminded me of is when my dad was dying. You know, my dad went from having a scratch on his arm to a week later he was in a in a coma, mm. you know, and, and going to die. He ended up with um, staph infection, you know, started shutting down his kidneys, shutting, shutting down his heart, lots of things. And so um, very quickly we had to call family in from around the country. And at that point my brother lived in California and the doctors were saying that there's no way that it's going to, he's going to last long enough, you know, for your, your brother to get here. You know, and all we knew what to do was just pray, God, if it's your will, you know, please let him be able to see dad because it's really important to him to say goodbye, you know? And so, you know, back then you were waiting on the plane and the plane was, you know, a couple days, you know, and we just kept waiting and you can only go in every five minutes or 10 minutes every hour, you know, so one person could go in, you know, and so you might see him every once in a while. And so dad was holding on and he, he held on until my brother literally got there, went in for that next visit he went in and talked to my dad. And again, my dad was in a coma. But as soon as he told my dad, dad, I'm here. Everybody's here. Mom's going to be okay. Dad flatlined. Wow. He walked out of there. Dad never, you know, woke up or anything. But, you know, for our family, that was a miracle that impacted us. You know, I can't really say that my brother became a Christian from that, but the story's not over yet. Right. And, and I know that my brother remembers that and he remembers other things where he saw God's hand. You know, and I'm hoping that that fruit will produce, you know, that those seeds will produce fruit down the road, you know, and, and, and maybe it, it will or maybe it has and I'm not aware. But, you know, all those for me are little miracles that, that lead to bigger ones, you know. And again, R.C. Sproul's a lot brighter than I am. He's a lot more th- theology driven. And, and I'm sure that, you know, he feels he's right in a lot of what he's saying. I just know for me, if it draws me closer to God and I know his hand was in it. I'm okay with feeling like that's a miracle. Yeah, and again, it's definition. Right, agreed. So, again, the biggest thing is, what does the Bible have to say about it? And I think that's really interesting that it doesn't have the word. It doesn't give us mm-hmm. a definition. We have to do some interpretation from what it does say. And one of the questions I really think is interesting how he phrases this, if the presence of miracles proves that somebody is sent from God, which is the argumentation of that's what miracles are in the Bible, or is an agent of revelation and a non-agent of revelation performs miracles, what does that do for the eventual or the evidential value of a miracle for the one who claims to be an agent of revelation? And he says, well, the answer is that's an invalid argument. So he says, so what's at stake here is the issue of that the authority of Christ, the authority of the apostles and the authority of the Bible itself all is all wrapped up in that issue of the miracle. So it's like, that's why they, you know, he and other theologians are just trying to be very precise on how they define a miracle. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I'll choose yep. not to be a theologian. <laughs> I'll just stick with this part of the miracle. But what I'll ask you to go do this week is, is lean into God and lean into him and say, God, help me on this topic of miracles. And if it be your will, show me things that you've done in my life that I would look back and say, those are miracles. Those are times that your hand intervened and, and, and people were changed. Right, because change isn't something we just do on our own. Right, we God has to orchestrate it. We'll talk with you next week. Enjoy your week. This is the Truth Network.